Welcome to episode 51 of the False Neutral Podcast. We're here for another week. Eric and Garrett are with me. I am Pete, your third host. And Garrett, you found something interesting on the Portland Craigslist website. What was that? Eric and I were talking about uh, BMW S1000RRs and how there are few of them for sale on Craigslist. And then when there are some for sale, people are asking quite a bit of money for it. But when I typed in S1000RR, I got something on Craigslist, which I wasn't expecting to find. Uh, Ducati Desmodus DC, which is basically their race bike from, I don't know, when would that have been? Eric. Oh, six, oh, seven, I think is oh, seven seems to ring a bell when they rolled that yeah, one out. That sounds about right. But it's uh, up in British Columbia and for sale for thirty three thousand five hundred U.S. dollars, which is kind of an odd find. Uh, this isn't this wouldn't be something that you could just obtain by going down to the local Ducati store and buying it. I mean, this is um quite a special motorcycle yes but it didn't sound like pete you were that enthralled by it it's really cool. not ready to add it to your collection it, it's really yet. cool i just it it's just so far from removed from anything in my motorcycling world that it's kind of like hey i have a used space shuttle do you want one of them <laughs> <laughs> what am i gonna do with it you know yeah yeah so this was it's all, I mean, it's about as cl- at that point in time, it was as close as you could come to a street legal MotoGP bike, um, that there was. I mean, it was, it was not far removed. So rather than, you know, two million bucks for a MotoGP bike, this was at the time, I believe, 65,000 for it. Uh, and it's, uh, and it was barely streetable at that. And yeah. when this thing fires up, you just stop and 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 kind of gape in awe. It's because it's uh, was it an eight hundred cc? I think this too was eight hundred cc. Or was it, it was a nine ninety? Nine ninety maybe. Yeah, nine ninety. Yeah. Have to look it up. Exactly. Nine ninety V four barely muffled and right. uh, yeah, it's just. Oh. Is yeah. this their only V four that they've built? As a street bike to this point, yes. Okay. I mean, in in production. I know yes. they've had other V4 race bikes, but... Yes, the MotoGP bikes have been V4s, uh, and there is talk in about 2020 that they're going to be moving to V4 street bikes because they're going to move their World Superbikes from V-Twins to V4s, so... Yeah. So, yeah, that was an interesting find. That but... is That's a bike that at that price has probably reached the bottom of its price range. Yeah. And it is because I want to say they only made a couple, couple thousand if that. So that is a collectible motorcycle that you could enjoy for, you know, every here and there, but that'll, that'll definitely go up in value. Yeah. Definitely go up in value. Unless you throw it off a Canyon road. Yeah, there's still parts though. You can buy. You can you can always buy parts for it still. So yeah, <laughs> Ducati's a little bit like Ferrari in that. At, after a certain point, if you want the parts, well, we can always run a special run for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I broke up the fairing, so I made a street fighter out of it. Yeah, exactly. Round headlight. <laughs> Speaking of new bikes, oh wait, we weren't like that segue. The Harley Street Rod got announced, and uh, it took me a bit by surprise. I'm I'm not willing to uh, pass judgment on 
its desirability yet, but uh, it surprised me. What do you guys think? I thought it was actually really cool. Um, and I'm excited by the motorcycle just for the fact that I, I am really critical of Harley Davidson, particularly in the, you know, it's just, they're just so in, wrapped up in tradition. I just judge them for not progressing into other markets or, or expanding on things or introducing new technology. Not that this is like a significant leap forward, but I think it's a step in the right direction to get um, other people interested in their brand to expand out a little bit. And I think it'll probably be more successful than something like the Buell line was, because this is still true to their following, but would at least interest people closer to what I'm looking for um, that wouldn't have otherwise considered Harley Davidson for a motorcycle. But, you know, I'm just thinking about something like this compared to the Yamaha FZ07. Um, I'm not super excited about either one of them, but to be perfectly honest, I think that I might consider something like this before an FZ07. And I mean, that's coming from me and I talk more crap about Harley than anybody else. So that's what I think. Eric? Yeah, it's it's interesting in that I, I'm I think I described it as before we started recording. Um, you know, it's not that I'm non nonplussed by this thing, but I'm not exactly plussed by it either. <laughs> I think is how I described it, something like that. I don't know if it makes sense, but to their credit, it has real suspension on it. It actually has like 43 millimeter forks in the front, although the way they black it out, if you look at it at the wrong angle, they still look like soda straws. Um, yeah. They could have done something a little on that. <laughs> um, little better rear shocks that actually have like over four and a half inches of travel on it, which is like, you know, it's wow. A third, it's a third more suspension travel, I think, both front and rear. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, you know, and then going against total Harleyism, um, They've well, not that they increase the compression, but it's a twelve to one compression ratio, which is pretty high for a Harley. Yeah, and it's a nine thousand yeah. RPM redline. I'm like, right, I, you know, that's that's two Harley engines revving together when yeah. you combine combine them. Um, you know, so fifty four horsepower is what they're. I'm sorry, they're saying uh, no, sixty four 60, horsepower, sixty eight. Okay, eighteen percent um, more horsepower than the seven fifty street, and eight percent more torque. Yes. Okay. So what they're uh, sorry. Well, I was looking at a different article than what Pete you uh, you sent over. Um, so they said based off the street 750, which did 54 dyno rear wheel. They're saying 64, and then probably 47 foot pounds of torque at the wheel. So that's that's actually not bad, depending on the weight of it. I guess well, when the Roadster came out, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, you know, not a big uh forward control fan, but I I thought the Roadster was okay, and but then this came out, and and I actually like this even a little bit more than the Roadster. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would certainly rather have this, uh, at least you know, paper shopping. I think that I would rather have this over a Yamaha Bolt or like I said, yes. even the FC07. I know the FC07 is a kind of a completely different class of motorcycle, but if I had eight thousand ish dollars and uh we're looking for a cool stylish motorcycle i would give this a serious look i really would the the only thing i wish they would well i'm not a the i'm not a huge fan of the bikini fairing on it uh just yeah i like but it. I, I it's not bad 
it, it it looks like a really shrunk down version of like their um I can't remember which model it is. It's like they're one of their dresser kind of bikes or their bagger bike. It looks like the the bagger bikes, how it's kind of got that half fairing that mm-hmm. sits up top. It looks like a miniaturized version of that. Um, but it's more the tail. I wish it had gone more like a dirt track style tail to it. Well, you know, I was just thinking about that. The tail with the fender eliminator on this bike. I like the shape of that kind of rear cowl piece. It's just mm-hmm. the rest of it looks terrible. But with the fender eliminator on it, I think this would be a really good looking motorcycle. And what I like about the front cowl on it is I like how it hides the the instruments on a motorcycle because I hate like the FCO nine and the FCO seven and other motorcycles, how there's just this dash kind of hanging out in the middle of nothing. Um, and I liked, I like something integrated that kind of covers that. And, and this does that pretty well. I think mm-hmm. I have to say so many bikes that, other people have said they don't like the, the extension for the license plate and the turn signals on. That usually doesn't bother me, and it really doesn't bother me on this one. I think the uh, reflex, the side reflectors on it mm-hmm. are kind of odd and a little awkward, but I was looking at some the other day I happened to be in, well, I was getting a rear tire on my wife's Spider, and I was in the local dealership looking at the, the Deval. Mm-hmm. Or Diavel. Diavel? Yeah. Diavel. I, yep. <laughs> it's one of those ones I got wrong in my head early on and I can't get it. I, even yeah. when I know I'm saying it wrong, I can't say it right. Uh, but it's got this really long, skinny stalk to put the license plate way out behind the wheel. And yeah. two guys were just saying, oh, that just ruins it. I was like, really doesn't bother me. Well, I so like the Diavel how it's the one that kind of comes off of the swing arm behind the rear tire and that's how the new FZ09 is too. Mm-hmm. Um I actually don't mind those ones. Um I like those ones more than the ones that come straight off of the rear uh tailpiece slash seat. Mm-hmm. This actually looks well cuz this the one like you're talking about with the Ducati it it sort of integrates the rear uh, fender to it so that it kind of works together, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And same with the new FCO9. It's it's a fender slash license plate thing all in one that kind of comes off of the swing arm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, not. I'm kind of with you, Pete. I really don't mind rear license plate holders. Um, there's probably a point in my motorcycling lifetime where I would have rather stripped every thing off of it not in a cafe way but like uh you know modified everything on a motorcycle and nowadays i'm actually kind of more happy with just stock exhaust no uh fender eliminator just leaving it all exactly the way that it came from the factory um but yeah i don't know this thing i was i i like the styling and i'm kind of surprised that i would even say that about a harley but I have to say what I really like about it is the fact that it doesn't have a super low seat. Yeah. So you're not going to try and duck walk it around, you know, with your butt down around your knees. Yeah. And the ergonomics look really nice. It's got low drag bars on it that are a little bit, there's a little bit of a rise over the the triple clamps. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it, it looks like those are reasonable. And the pegs are right at the back of the tank, the front of the seat, which is right where... I like them. And I was like, yeah, I, I mid 
mid controls versus forward controls? Well, there's there's mid controls, and sometimes people refer to mid controls like on a Sportster where they're halfway up the engine. This is actually a little bit farther back than that. Okay. And uh, I really like them. And my one concern would we have to have uh, our buddy Wayne Moyer come on and and talk about it because. Being the one person I know who's had a street and had such a uh, unfavorable experience with the build quality, I'm wondering whether they're going to get this any better. Yeah. Well, they got the styling right. In fact, I have a good friend who is in love with the XSR 900 Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm really critical of his love for it. I, I love it. Everything performance-wise, I love about the XSR 900, but I cannot get over the way the tank fits the bike. He likes, you know, kind of the retro throwback look, and so I think that he would... He likes the Ducati Scrambler, and he likes the Triumph, uh, and he likes he really likes the XSR 900. Um, and so I sent this motorcycle to him, uh, to have a look at just because I think it's kind of the styling that he would like. Um, but I, he's just so sold on the XSR, which is pretty unfortunate. Uh, what am I looking at here, Pete? Ducati. Uh, yeah. I just oh. posted a picture of Ducati monster talking about Ducati and the license plate oh, extensions. Yeah. This is probably one of the, most extreme ones that I think looks pretty cool because they kind of made it like two, uh, two separate beams that come back and it's very nicely sculpted and stuff. And I know some people that would just want to rip this off immediately and have that tucked in, uh, race bike style tail on it. And I actually think something like this. It doesn't, it makes it look so obviously like a street bike and not a track bike that I think that's why some people don't like it, but I, I don't mind it. I think I was looking at this when I was at the dealership the same time we were talking about the, uh, Diavel and I, I kind of went, huh, that's, that's some really interesting design work in that. But I know there's some people that would probably, the first thing they would want to do is rip that off the bike. So this is one where I would I would want to rip that off, but then I would do that like quarter quarter rear fender with the with the plate over it, over the rear tire, and I think that would just because it to me it would clean up the lines a lot. But yeah, it's a it's style, so it's all personal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Pete just because this is so good for for audio, it's like yeah. So oh, we're looking <laughs> yeah, at we're looking at things here. that you can't see. <laughs> yeah, so That's so yeah, good exactly, entertainment there. Exactly how you see on the Diablo, how it <laughs> kind of to me cleans up the back end. Um, with that, I think that would look really good on the on the monster. But that, again, that's a personal. It's all personal at that point. So, and Garrett, to your point, like with that uh, Tuano we talked about last week, uh, if I bought, if I were to be able to buy one of those. Um, I think really the only thing I would do is I wouldn't do the whole exhaust. I'd just do the can just to mm-hmm. get the sound because at that point, you know, the difference between 160 and 168 horsepower really, I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, no, maybe the, maybe dropping, 
175 to 178. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, and then maybe maybe dropping the weight a little bit. Okay, I get that. And yeah. maybe a reflash, well, maybe not. But yeah, you know. But that, yeah, to your point, though, it's like, yeah, bikes are so good now. It's like it's all just yeah. personalization. Well, and honestly, you couldn't make an Aprilia Tuano sound bad if you tried. And the stock exhaust sounds absolutely incredible yeah. on it. Um, it's just they're a really large muffler. And yes. I, the styling on it yeah, is yeah. so good. I really do like the Acropovic exhaust, but I'm at a point in in my life where I don't want a loud motorcycle anymore. No, I don't I, like I'm, the attention that it draws. I just want to, I just want to ride and I don't care if people are looking at me while I ride. And yeah, that's so what like, I feel like exhaust does for people is it brings attention to them. And I just don't care for it. I, I, I want it. I'd want it because of a little, some of the weight, cause those stock cans are just so heavy cause they're yeah. Euro four and, and, and us EPA and all that. Um, so some of it is the sound the the tone more, I would, it was probably the, not the, not the volume as much as the tone. Right. Cause like if there's a DB killer in it, I'd, I'm with you. I'd keep the DB killer. I'm long, long gone to the days. I need 110 decibel exhaust system, you know? Yeah. Well, my friend that owns this bike and the FC09, he put a Yoshimura exhaust on his FC09. And I make fun of him all the time because I can hear him coming from three counties away, especially the way that he rides. Um, but I just I don't know why a motorcycle needs to be that loud, you know, loud, loud pipe save lives, brother. Yeah, you know what? But safe riding does, too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just to jump back, I didn't want to interrupt you guys. But uh, when you were talking about replacing the uh, the monster rear extension with something down on the swing arm mm -hmm. with the spider that i have they actually have the exact opposite it's got a uh little fender that is attached to the swing arm with the license light and the license plate on it and you can buy an aftermarket kit from them to take that off and replace it with one of those big long extensions that comes off oh, the wow. back of it so you can get that off the tire and up on the the body of the bike. So it, I guess no matter what you do, somebody's going to want it the other way. Yeah, no, exactly. I like the way that it's set up originally on the Can-Am. I like mm -hmm. that rear tail piece. Um, but maybe that's just because it's the way that it comes. And then when you see it the opposite, it just kind of looks like it's not supposed to be that way. And so maybe it just tricks my mind and... I feel like if the Can-Am came with it with the extension off of the tailpiece, I would probably prefer that. But since it comes with it off of the swing arm. Well, I'll tell you, with having it, it's a fairly large chunk of fender down there, and yeah. it's low enough and tight enough to the wheel. It does a really good job of keeping water and muck off the back of it. So Yeah. Well, and that's probably even good for a, a passenger, too. I, I don't know if it really spits water up, but I'm imagining, like, when I ride my bicycle sometimes, if the ground's wet, like, you know, there's that streak of water up the center of your back. Right. I don't know if anything like that happens on the Can-Am, because it tires out quite a ways behind the back of the motorcycle, but... Well, I guess we're done. Sorry. No, no, sorry. I was uh, sorry. I got distracted. Uh, client I didn't know email. if anybody was going to say anything. Yeah, so I was like, I was well, I, I guess we're out of things to talk about. No, I, yeah. sorry, I had a, I had a client right. email pop up. I had to reply to immediately. So I got a little distracted I, there for a minute. You know, so I want to go back to my friend and his love for the XSR 900. Because 
I like I said, I have been giving him a really hard time about it. And, you know, I'm just kind of joking with him. If he wants the motorcycle, that's fine. I don't care. But um, he even went so far as to text like s- several of his other friends to like try to figure out if they thought the XSR was cool. <laughs> and I think every single one of them was like, no, the thing looks like it was made out of spare parts in the back of the shop. What do you we've talked about the XSR 900 before and I don't remember what my initial reaction was to it but the more that I look at it the more that I think that it is built all wrong nothing on the bike looks like it was supposed to be there I want to settle this (laughs) for my friend I'll have him listen to this episode and we can maybe come to a definitive agreement on the styling I don't the performance is amazing. We can move past that. I want to hear your guys' opinion about the styling. Well, I, I will tell you, it looks like all of the all the people that get a you know a six hundred ninja or a GSXR and they wanna to try to make a vintage looking cafe bike out of it. And it just doesn't have the frame and engine to do that. It's, it looks like you stuck a whole bunch of mismatched stuff on a modern bike. It, to me, I am in agreement, I am in agreement with you that they're trying to do something with it that's just not in keeping with the design of the bike. It's a modern bike. It's going to look modern. It's just, now, I have to say, I think if I was going to buy one, I might be interested in that over the FZ just because it might be more suited to my riding position and riding style. But do I think it's attractive? No. It's, yeah. It's Well, you know, he likes the kind of retro throwback look. And so I sent him the Triumph Street Cup. Now, the performance probably isn't what the XSR would be. However, I think style and and now performance isn't his primary consideration. I think that it is style. The Street Cup looks like it was designed exactly the way that it came out. Like it doesn't look like it's it was something else. And they're like, well, we've got these extra parts. Let's make something retro. I mean, it's it just looks like the execution was done so much better. I think what I hate most about the XSR 900 is all of the grotesque use of round stuff. So it's got a round uh, taillight and these like round holes cut in the bracket underneath the seat and the round headlight with round holes cut in its brackets. And it reminds me of these eBay Chinese made headlights that you can get (laughs) to make a cafe racer. And they have these awful looking clamp on metal brackets with holes with this awful cheap round headlight. And it looks exactly like what the XSR 900 has on it. I think as, as much as I love the Yamaha Bumblebee colors, they don't do that bike any favor. I, I put in the uh, a link in the chat um, for another one, a current that's a 17 model. That's like blue. It's like a really attractive yeah. blue and it doesn't, I'm not saying it, it, it makes it attractive, but it, helps it significantly because it just seems to blend a little better. But to to both your points, 
they 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 had a modern bike that they tried to make retro that didn't work rather than taking a modern bike and doing a modern interpretation of a yeah. 70s you know board or flat track type of bike if they would have kept it as a modern interpretation i think it could have worked yeah. um but but their mishmash as you say it's you know they it's it's half measures give you half results right yeah well and and the thing is Actually, Way like bit. that blue a lot. <laughs> I, I hate sorry. that blue. Really? I'm sorry, but like that blue kills me even more than I, the yellow and black. I actually find most attractive. The blue I find absolutely awful. Okay. Right. So now I'm going to gonna have to the, post the, two the, different pictures of this so that people can see I, the yellow and the blue. I mean, they can, they have Google too. Yeah, the the tank just looks better with this. To me, the tank looks better with this color. But as, tank, I can't figure out what they thought that that tank was going to. Yeah, accomplish. that's an I, odd I, shape. That's a really odd shaped tank. It doesn't fit the bike whatsoever, especially with the little concave cutout between it and the frame. Yeah, that's like, the like, thing I mean, that they really could have made me. it fit the frame. I mean, come on. And you know, since we were talking about license plate holders, this one has an extension that comes off but i pete this one is ugly oh yeah that is not because it's an extension just because it's ugly no but it, it it's an extension that goes out quite a long ways but then it has the part that goes downwards quite a long ways and it almost reminds me of the old like mid to late 80s xr 400s that have the plastic fender that like like comes out a long ways, but then also the plastic is molded and comes down. But then on the back of that, there's like a, a rubber mud flap. Yeah, and it this just... this looks like it should be tucked under the 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 colored plastic tailpiece, like on a twin cam CB750 or uh, what were some of the other ones, like the GPZs and mm-hmm. stuff that that had like a tail cowling, but then it tucked this up underneath there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this isn't tucked up underneath anything. Yeah, well, and then another thing that I just it kills me every time I see it is on the uh, the FC09 they have like kind of these fake air vent side cowls, and behind that is the fuse panel. Well, on the XSR900, there's nothing covering it, so there's this gigantic black box on the side of the frame yes. on the right yeah, yeah, side, yeah. and that's the fuse box. And it's just bolted to the side of the frame. And they made <laughs> I mean, it. And they made it a rectangle. It does not have any, yeah. any sculptural shape to it, or right. or it's it it doesn't look Every aerodynamic or anything. It's single just, detail on this bike looks like it's an afterthought. Every well, single one. I can't yeah. find one thing on it that looks like it was supposed to be there. One of the things that people who like Yamahas, that would be me, um, I love, love about love about Yamahas is that they are almost all parts bin bikes in the, you know, and we've talked right. about it on the show before. It's like, you know, the, the, you want to put different triple clamps on your bike. Well, I could probably, the, the, if I wanted to change it out on my, uh, on my 400 that I have in the, in the garage, um, the XS 400, you know, I could probably put an FZR 600 front end on it because the, yeah. all the bearings and everything are the same. And so in this, they like, okay, what parts bin parts can we throw at it to have something yeah. and without, but, but in this standpoint, like, but someone forgot to run it by the styling department in, yeah, in yeah. the process. And so I, I do love that, that they are parts bins bikes. I mean, you could, you could buy a random Yamaha clutch and chances are it's going to fit whatever Yamaha motorcycle you have. I mean, they just use R1 clutch. Same as in my TX750. And so 
but it looks like they took a motorcycle like the FC09 and like, all we need to do is make seven parts and we could make an entirely different model. And those seven parts, they completely butchered. Yeah. I mean, that's all they had to do. You know, looking at this, I'm reminded of the bike that they should have copied. And that is the SRX 600. If they had taken the look of the SRX 600, changed the bottom curve of the tank a little bit to match the frame that they used, Mm -hmm. put those nice uh, silver side covers on it, and really, that's the right era that they could have gone Mm -hmm. retro with and if you look at the at the tailpipe the tailpipe is that stubby little tailpipe that would have worked with that one uh it's uh yeah i mean and i think that's a i frankly think that the srx6 is just a gorgeous motorcycle yeah i really do like that motorcycle and i don't like the frame in this XSR 900 application, but I get that they wanted to use the FCO9 platform. I think that a different gas tank and just a few other small details could have made a world of difference for mm-hmm. this motorcycle to me. And, you know, those aren't, those aren't changes that would be difficult to make, if that makes sense. But I don't know. I'll keep ripping on him about it. Hopefully, you know what? It's such a good performing motorcycle. I feel like if he did buy it, I mean, okay, it's not my taste. It might be his, but at least the performance is there, and it is a truly a, a really remarkable motorcycle in that regard. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good value for money there. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll call it an episode. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys soon, and. For our listening public, we'll see you guys next Tuesday when our next episode goes live. So long.